uh, the memorials in Washington, D.C. So it's just a wonderful, wonderful day, I believe, in our country as we come together uh, to repent uh, for our nation and uh, for our own sins and to ask that Lord, the Lord would move in a sovereign way to bring revival to our country and this world in this hour. In fact, actually, this is being simulcast all over the world. There, uh, there were some people that were uh, share, sharing feedback from Israel uh, and uh, some people from Korea. So it's literally an event that's occurring all over the world. So this is, let me just, it's important that you note these things when they're happening. This is something, actually, I've been praying for for over 30 years. Um, when I was in the Persian Gulf, the first Gulf War, um, I, I felt the Lord saying to me, I want you to pray for revival. And I said to the Lord, Lord, I'm kind of busy right now. I'm in the middle of the war. Why, why, why do you want me to, of all things, pray for revival? And um, I just felt like the Lord saying to, you, I, to me, I want you to pray for that. I was right in the middle of the Persian Gulf. We were part of the Roosevelt Battle Group. There was all kinds of things going down. But I listened to the Lord, and I began to pray for revival. And that was um, almost 30 years ago. And so I share this with you because I, I know not just me. There are many people who have been praying for this. And so I, I really believe that this is another important step along the way to what God wants to do in our land in this hour. So I just encourage you uh, to know that God has heard our prayers. It's been a theme of mine since I've been at this parish for the past 11 years, and we're really seeing it come together in a mighty way. So it's very exciting, and uh, I give thanks to God for that. Mary, Queen of Scots, stated that she feared the prayers of John Knox more than all the assembled armies of Europe. John Knox believed God would answer his prayer, which was, give me Scotland or I will die. God gave John Knox an awakened Scotland, moving in the power of repentance and revival. John Knox defeated giants of secularism and immorality of his day. That was the, the themes of his day that God called him to stand against. Um, and the reality is true for our day as well in terms of the giants that we're facing. And one of the things you and I can celebrate is God is in the giant killing business. He's been doing it for a long, long time. And he's been doing it through his people. You remember last week I spent some time reflecting with you on David and how God had called David uh, as a young boy to be the future king of Israel. And God anointed him through the prophet Samuel uh, for that position. And so what I want to focus in on with you today is the continuing story of David and how God fulfilled his call, that anointing last week that I talked to you about, that, that David was God's choice to be the future king of Israel. And that as much as you and I have a choice in our own lives about different things and what we'll do and how we'll live and what we'll pray about and all those kinds of things, God has choices as well. And one of his choices was that king, that David would be a king, the king of Israel one day. And so as part of that calling to be king, it's interesting to see how this all unfolds in 1 Samuel. Um, David was asked by his father Jesse to get together a lunch for his brothers that were on the battlefield against the Philistines with the army of Israel. 
And so David was busy shepherding the sheep. He listened to his father. They got a lunch together, and he took it to his brothers on the battlefield. Now, as he was going there, what happened is he noticed that um, on the battlefield, there wasn't any fighting going on. (laughs) That was the first thing he noticed. Uh, And what was happening is that Goliath, this huge giant of the day, was basically trash-talking the army of Israel and, and Israel's God. He was telling them, you know what, send out your best guy to me. And if I defeat him, you you guys have to serve us. And if he defeats me, we have to serve you. And as soon as Goliath began to talk, I I mean, Goliath was a big dude. He was a giant. He wasn't like eight feet tall. I mean, he was a lot bigger than that, really big. And so whenever he would speak, all of the army of Israel would just cower in fear. And this had been going on for days. And so David comes to the battlefield. He brings lunch. And he starts hearing Goliath trash-talking God and the army of Israel. And what happens with David is this upsets him. He's upset about Goliath trash-talking God. And so he begins to say, who is this guy? You know, one of the things you'll notice about the story is that David's not all caught up in him being a giant. He's caught up in Goliath's trash-talk on God. And it upsets him. And, um, and so he becomes upset, and his brothers uh, hear this, and they began to scold David. So we have Goliath trash-talking God and the armies of Israel, and then we begin to have David's brothers trash-talking him. A lot of trash-talking going on in the battlefield, which sometimes happens. And they say, David, what are you doing? You're not even in the army. Go back to your sheep. You brought us lunch. Get out of here. They become angry at David. And David's reaction is, hey, I'm just asking a question here, Uh, which is obviously exposing their fear that they don't like. And David's not going to let it go. He doesn't go back to the the flock. He goes to uh, King Saul, who's also fearing what's going on in the battlefield. And he goes to Saul and he says, you know what? God delivered me from the paw of the bear and the lion. He'll deliver me from this Philistine. You see, as a shepherd, David had killed a bear and other animals in order to protect the flock. He'd driven them away and he's also killed them. And so you see, God had revealed to David that he could protect him. And so David extrapolates, well, if God can protect me from the bear and the lion, he can protect me from this Philistine. And so you see, you and I need to take a lesson from David. Faith is a progression. It's whenever you climb one mountain, there's another mountain for you to climb. Have any of you noticed this in your years upon the earth? There's always another test. There's always another mountain to climb. And David understood this. God delivered me from the line. God delivered me from the bear. God is going to deliver me from this Philistine. David was learning the lessons. And God was also going to deliver him from his trash-talking brothers and Goliath. (laughs) David would be God's warrior 
for the army of Israel. So you see, God is setting this whole thing up. He's been anointed already to be the future king of Israel. And then God brings him, God, God uses his dad to ask him to bring lunch to his brothers. David isn't even seeing this coming. But God knew exactly what he was doing. God was bringing David to the battlefield for a fight against a giant. He goes to Saul, and Saul says, you know what? You, this guy's been training since he was young. He's a giant. Don't do this. He'll just, he'll just kill you. And then David shares the story about the lion and the bear. And then uh, Saul says, okay, you can go ahead and do this, but you need to put on my armor. So here's this little kid putting on all this armor of the king, and he can hardly put one foot in front of the other to be able to get onto the battlefield. And he says to Saul, I can't go and fight like this because this armor's too heavy for me. And so he takes off Saul's armor, and he goes into the battle ready to fight in the way that he knew to fight. And again, this is another spiritual principle for you and me. When you are fighting the devil, when you are fighting and encountering different struggles in your life, God will have trained you up to that moment to be ready for it. Just like David, he fought the lion, he fought the bear, and it was time to fight this Philistine. And God will bring you through certain instructions and certain experiences and certain victories to prepare you for the battle to come. You can't fight that battle in somebody else's armor. You can't do it. You'll lose. You'll need to fight it in the way that God has prepared you to. And so what David did was he had a sling with some stones. He went by the riverbed. He picked up some stones. And um, he used these to strike the bear and the lion, this slingshot, killing them. And so that's what he was going to use to come against Goliath with. The weapons that he was familiar with and had used many times before to vanquish foes. He came against Goliath with a sling and five smooth stones. Now, just in case you would think this is like, well, this is even more of a crazy story, let me share with you a little bit about military battles during this time. In the Israeli armor, there was actually elite, an elite corps of slingers, they were called slingers, from the tribe of Benjamin. There were 700 of them that could sling a stone at a hair and not miss. The stones were a size of a billiard ball. That's how big they were. The slingers were as effective as archers and could sling a stone in excess of 60 miles per hour accurately over 440 yards. That was a quarter of a mile. So I just want to give you a little idea. This isn't like a little bing, bing. No, that's, that's not what this was. this was. This was something that could kill a man at a quarter of a mile. Like, like a sniper. I mean, just that accurate, just that trained, just that ability to be able to do that. And obviously, David had this ability as well. So as he came to the battlefield, he got his stone ready, his billiard ball in his, <laughs> in his sling, 
And as he went on the battlefield, what did David do? He ran toward Goliath. He ran toward him. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't jive-talking him. He wasn't trash-talking him. He, it wasn't this big, long discussion that went on for two or three more hours. It was on. The battle was on. He had heard enough, and he started running toward Goliath. He got that thing going, that sling. He released it, the stone, and it hit Goliath right in the middle of his forehead. And the giant went down. He was knocked cold. And then David did something very important. He went up to Goliath. He took Goliath's sword, and he cut his head off. Didn't want Goliath to get back up. And as soon as he did that, all of the army of the Philistines began to run in the other direction. The army of Israel pursued them and routed them and plundered them. All because a shepherd boy was courageous and had strength and believed that his God, who delivered him from the lion and delivered him from the bear, would deliver him from this giant. And God did exactly that. In closing here today, and yeah, I'm already wrapping it up, what giant are you facing right now? What's the giant that you're facing? John Knox was facing the giants in his land of secularism and immorality and other ones as well. Today in our country, in this hour, we are facing the giants of secularism, immorality, greed, rebellion, Marxists, just everything going to pot. We are facing a lot of different giants and a lot of people right now are understandably afraid. They don't want to go out on the battlefield. They would like somebody else to take care of it. But I got to tell you this. <laughs> As the people of God, you're on the battlefield. There is no retreating from this battlefield. It's on. It's going on. And either you're going to cower in fear or you're going to face your giant and defeat it and kill it. I just want to let you know that whatever giant it is that you're facing in your life right now, not just in the culture, but even in your own life, I want you to know that on some levels, you and I have made friends with our giant. We kind of like that mud puddle that we, we swim in from time to time. We kind of like that sin that's a part of our life. But I just want to let you know that giant that you're facing in your life mocks you. That giant mocks your God. That giant hates you and wants to kill you and destroy you in any way possible. And so I just want to give you a wake-up call here today that even though you might still be walking hand-in-hand hand with your giant and it's still kind of a part of your life, you need to defeat that giant and get rid of it and kill it. Kill the giant. End its life in your life. And that's what this moment in your life and in our history is all about. We are on a battlefield. It is a war. It is going down. It is happening right now. 
and especially in the spiritual realm, God is calling you forth as his people to be like David. To engage the giant in his name and to defeat that giant in the power and the anointing of the Lord God Almighty. Secularism, immorality, greed, rebellion, Marxists, atheists, whatever it might be, stand strong in the Lord. Your God has been here before, and so have the people of faith before you and me. They have been on the battlefield before, like John Knox, of whom Mary, Queen of Scots, said, I fear his prayers more than all the armies of Europe. And why would she say that? Because she had experienced the power of his prayer and how God used his prayer to change things and to win the battle. Does anybody fear your prayers? Does Satan know who you are in the kingdom? And by what God gives you when you're interceding and praying for the kingdom of God on earth, may it be so in this hour. May God give us the grace in this hour, on this day, to return to him in a way like never before and to be the giant slayers that God is calling us to be.